Next episode of Real Talk, I've got Hannah Southwell, rugby league great at 22, but I'll get into that in just a moment. We like to start it off with mandatory uh, pledge that you're going to be real. So no fake talk here. Can you abide by those rules, Hannah? 100%. I'm going to be real. <laughs> Love it. Um, okay. So first things first, I like to kick things off with you having a bit of homework and describing yourself in one word. Was it, firstly, was it hard to think of one word? It was, it was difficult. Um, I've been called a few different things, but I thought I'd sort of stick with um, chill, chill. Uh, my mum uh, hates that I've got a tattoo that says chilled out. So uh, yeah, I just thought I'd rub that in mum's face and say a bit of chill. That's great. Where's the tattoo? Uh, just on my leg, the front of my leg, it says chill out. Um, I think last lockdown, just after we um, finished the lockdown here, I had a bit of a um, tattoo snap and just got about five little tattoos. So yeah. Not great for Did mom, you? What do you do? Okay, tell me the other yeah. four. Now yeah. that we're on this roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got, so I've obviously got that one um, and I've got one on my shoulder. It's just like a little sun. Um, I've got another one on my legs, just a little flower. And then I've got three on my fingers that it's just like a smiley face and just little baby ones. So yeah, a bit random, but uh, yeah, after lockdown, I had a bit of a tattoo craze. And have they got any meaning or you kind of were like, I like these pictures. I just want to get them. Yeah, just I like these pictures mainly. Um, I've always been like a pretty relaxed person and didn't really care too much. Um, so that's where that obviously chill out one sort of has come from. Yeah. But um, yeah, the other ones are just like the pictures. Love it. That's great. And why do you think you? Why would you describe yourself as being chilled? Um, I don't know. I just haven't really. I've never been like highly strung or anything like that. I didn't really care too much about um things that happen outside of footy obviously and um yeah it's just been my personality growing up so I guess that's where it's come from yeah for sure I would definitely agree with you I think you are chilled um I like to think of a word too and I was trying to think of something that resembles your success uh away and on the footy field so I came up with uh quite high achiever so you are someone who's chilled but you've achieved so much at 22 so uh this probably leads into the introduction of you hannah southwell uh you've just been appointed as the first ever female director on a on the rlpa board but on the footy field you've played for australia now you represent new south wales in the state of origin you've played for the dragons now you play for the roosters in the nrlw you play for the central coast roosters but then this is like this always gets me because i feel like i need a deep breath to explain <laughs> everything that you've done um, you played in the w league um as a goalkeeper for the newcastle jets at 15 you were the youngest goalkeeper then you were like you know what i'm really good at this you played for australia in the junior teams and then you played you played sevens <laughs> for australia as well so you're actually a triple australian representative that is incredible <laughs> yeah it's pretty pretty freaky looking back um at it all uh it wasn't my goal at all to do all of those sports that's for sure but um yeah no it's, it's pretty cool uh it's it'll be something cool to tell my kids I think when I grow up oh my gosh they'll be so proud of you and I just need to reiterate to all of our listeners Hannah is 22 yes she's done all that and you're 22 <laughs> <laughs> but let's let's get into the RLPA yeah. stuff because that's been the most recent um yeah tremendous sporting career already on uh on the sporting landscape but how did this come about? Um, I really wasn't sort of 
um, thinking, sorry, my dog's in the background. Um, dogs. I really, <laughs> um, yeah, I wasn't really planning on it. Um, obviously the RLPA disposition sort of came up and you could put your name forward and, uh, see if that was something you'd be interested in. And, um, I just thought someone else would be better for the job. So I wasn't really too keen to put my name forward. Um, and then I did, and I'm really glad that I did. Uh, I didn't realize that the other players in the advisory group voted who they wanted to be, um, on the board. And uh, yeah, I got the votes, which was amazing. I was not expecting that at all. And um, yeah, kind of just went from there. So um, I'm really glad that I did do it. Um, it's a really awesome opportunity and I can't wait to sort of get stuck into a few different things in the women's game and, and hopefully change a few different things. Yeah, you're a board director, but I need to rewind a little bit. So why didn't you really want to apply for it? Why weren't you that keen at the start? To be honest, I just thought there'd be someone else more suitable. Um, my job isn't uh, stressful, but I thought I wouldn't have a lot of time to commit to a board member role. Um, and I just thought, yeah, like I said, someone else would be better suited. So I didn't really put my name forward. Um, and then I had a bit of think of it, think about it, sorry, and spoke to um, Lena from the RLPA and yeah, just sort of went from there, I guess. But yeah, always just thought someone else would be better, but I'm really glad that I did do it. Yeah, it's incredible. Congratulations. And the advisory group who vote, can you explain that to us? Yep. So there's, I think there's a group of 12 girls in the advisory group. I think the boys have got it as well. Um, and we kind of just liaise with the RLPA um, and just make a few different decisions here and there on the women's game. And, and they kind of get our, our opinion um, and they relay that onto the NRL. So, um, yeah, it's just a group of us getting together. Uh, in a little group chat it's very difficult to get together during COVID obviously um, but yeah we just sort of make decisions uh, on behalf of the playing group and um, yeah just go from there. And for our listeners uh, we should mention that the RLPA is the Rugby League Players Association I should have mentioned that one at the top so uh, yes. it's it's the advisory group that that try and have a say and also um, I guess you get to have a say with the NRL and ARLC commission correct? Correct yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about what's next. What are, what are you working on and where do you get to have a voice? Is there something that's already on the drawing board? Yeah, so we've got the um, CBA up for negotiation in 2022. So uh, that's coming around very fast. And we are, I'm in talks with the RLPA about what um, that's going to look like and, and what we're hoping to achieve um, for the next cycle, I guess. Um, so yeah, that's very exciting. I know we're the women's game isn't uh, too much a part of the current CBA. I don't actually think we have a CBA. Um, it's just kind of slipped in the boys' CBA that we're um, a part of it. Uh, so the next one, I'd be really keen to either have our own um, CBA or be involved with the, with the boys' one. So, yeah, that's um, that's a massive one coming up in 2022. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to get stuck in and hopefully yeah. make a few changes for the better. That is going to be big. Uh, CBA collective bargaining agreement. So this is like where you can enforce to the ARLC and the NRL as a game that you, um, the, the women want money and where you want the money allocated in. And I guess outside of financial benefits, structure, um, uh, mental health, help assistance, financial assistance, healthcare. Is that what way you're going down? Like what what does the, the agreement look like this far? What do you want included? Um, yeah, I guess obviously better terms for the girls. Um, there's been a few discussions this year and a few different things that have happened that, um, yeah, we weren't really happy with it as a playing group. But 
you can't do too much if you're not really included in the CBA. Um, so we don't really have too much to fall back on. So uh, when we do the new one, we'll definitely have a few different um, clauses in there, a few different, um, I guess, ideas on where the women's game is going. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess stipulate that to the RLPA and then to the NRL. So, yeah, we just want to make – we haven't really gone into too much discussion at the moment. Um, but we just want to make change and, and just want to make it a fair playing field for the girls because at the moment it's not. Yeah, yeah. Um, anybody who thinks it is is living under a rock right now. But it's, it's great because yeah. it's great that they've appointed a female finally um, onto the director's board, a player. And I think also that that collective bargaining agreement coming up has is a real opportunity. What were some of the things that the advisory group and the broader playing group weren't happy with? Oh, that's a tricky one. Um, I guess the short turnaround between the NRLW seasons. Um, I know we finished the last season in October and then the new one wasn't really discussed until April, May, if I'm right. Um, so that's just not good enough and we need to discuss what we're going to do. I, I know COVID and a few other things have happened and obviously COVID again this year, but if we're going to move forward as a game, we need to discuss these things a lot earlier. Um, we can't be leaving it a month or two months before we're actually meant to be playing. It's just not good enough. And it's not giving the girls, we're, we're not full-time athletes, we're semi-professional and we can't, I know there's a lot of mothers, a lot of families and people that can't just drop work for the NRLW season. So it just needs to be discussed a lot earlier um, and just put more thought into it, to be honest, um, because it is a growing game and there's a lot more women playing rugby league uh, and jumping codes, especially. So, yeah, it just needs to be, um, I guess, looked after a little bit better. Where do you go from here um, when you're looking ahead? Because right now, correct me if I'm wrong, but in January, February, already in November, you're doing pre-season for your state competition, so your Central Coast Roosters. Then you start playing in March, April, and then in between that, you're doing Gillaroos camps. You may do chats or maybe a tr off training session with New South Wales. If you represent all stars, you might have played in that in February. Um, and then you play during the season, you play state of origin before you have even played finals for your local comp. And you haven't even looked at NRLW yet. Then you've played already a, a local grand final. You've played a state of origin. And then you've got to prepare for what is supposed to be the marquee product that runs for six rounds. And then after that, you're supposed to have Australian tests and a rugby league world cup. So what's priority? <laughs> that's a fantastic question. And I think that's where the women's game needs to be sat down at a table and looked at because there's a lot of different parties that want a piece of us that just can't have us. Um, we need to discuss, like you said, what is the priority? And at the moment we don't, we just have so many different priorities. Like the boys, they've got their priority is their club. And we have three different clubs and so many different things happening. We can't really prioritise any particular team. So I guess that needs to be discussed and that'll be discussed in, I think, the new CBA that will roll out in um, 2022, 2023. So, yeah, it's a tricky question. Um, me personally, I'm, I just take every day as it sort of comes um, because I can't, I guess, commit to Gillaroo's, um down the end of the year when I've got, an NRLW team that I'm trying to perform really well. So I'm just taking it days it comes and yeah, just going from there because it's very hard to prioritize and have a full-time job. So yeah, it's very difficult. That's for and, sure. and 
that is what women are dealing with. You're in this really awkward position where you all are either full-time workers, part-time workers, mothers, sisters. You're, you're trying to juggle life with sport and you want to be professional athletes. For our listeners, what do you, what do, you do outside of rugby league trying to juggle that? Yeah, so I am a business development manager at Macquarie Knight Construction. So it's just a construction company here in the Hunter Valley. I live in Newcastle, um, which makes it difficult for travelling to Sydney for the Roosters training, but that's not happening at the moment. Um, So, yeah, I'm a business development manager and, um, yeah, I just oversee and um, have a chat to a few different people in the Newcastle area to, I guess, bring in business and, yeah, to get our product out there. Yeah, for sure. I love it. So... Let's go back to this CVA. And when you saw the news that AFLW were expanding, what were your immediate thoughts? Wow, they're expanding and we're still at grassroots. That was my immediate thought. Um, But we obviously don't want to push our product to a position where it's not good enough. not saying that AFL is by any means. Um, I love actually watching the women's AFL. I think it's fantastic. But um, yeah, it's just disappointing that it's taken so long um for us to grow and i guess be at a level where aflw is at um so yeah it's just it's exciting because we will eventually grow but it's just taken a long time and yeah it's just a bit disappointing is there discussions that you have with the rlpa to enforce a structure where every nrl club has to start developing a women's team like there are, you know, there's some teams who Knights are a perfect example, weren't ready to have a team in this year's NRLW competition, but Warriors pulled out because of COVID and the NRL were like, look, we'll, we'll help you. We just really need to have six teams. In my opinion, every NRL club should have already started the grassroots and some are West Tigers, you know, they've got, they're doing really well with an academy and Natasha Gale, mm. that's one example but it should almost be compulsory so we don't fall so far behind because I feel like, and I'm sure you agree, when that AFLW expansion came out, athletes, women go, oh my gosh, there's 18, which means there's going to be a longer season, which means I could be an athlete for half of the year, not four rounds. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That would be nice. That would be nice. But yeah, look, I know the Knights do have a bit, um, more of a grassroots compared to other teams. And I know, I think it's South do and Tigers, like you said, and I think they should make it compulsory and that'll be discussed in the new CBA, I think, um, having making sure clubs do have a grassroots level. Um, I think it just, it was like a knee-jerk reaction to put in these women's teams when it first sort of happened. Um, I think it was in 2018, it was just like, oh, quick, all these other um, codes are putting in women's teams, we need to quickly jump on the bandwagon. I'm not saying it was, but that's, kind of what it seemed like um, and there was no real grassroots as far as I'm aware um, with the clubs I know the clubs have done a fantastic job the last couple of years and building their grassroots up but um, yeah it just makes it difficult when there's not a lot of time and money put into those lower levels yeah money we just there's plenty of it and so <laughs> when you're looking at the NRL expanding with a, another Brisbane side I don't know about you but I'm seething I am going that's going to cost <laughs> the game so much money how about you put it into where the partici- mm. participation numbers are, are skyrocketing? And look, I'm I, I'm sure you're the same. I'm not having a, a, a nasty dig at the game because it at least has a women's mm. competition. But there is a, there comes a point in time where they need to kick up the butt and they need to realise that the women's game needs more attention. 
100%. Yeah, I agree with that. When I heard that, I couldn't believe it. Oh, my gosh. Another Brisbane, another Queensland team. Uh, come <laughs> on. It's time to put money into the women's game. But, yeah, look, it's just um, it's growing. And I like I said, it's hard to push for these things when we don't have a fullback um, in the CBA. So, yeah, hopefully things change when we redo that. Can't wait to see that CBA. When is it expected to be finalised? Um, I could be wrong here. I think it's meant to be finalised end of 2022, start of 23, um, yep. but I could be wrong. That is in line with the new broadcast rights deal, yeah? Yes. That would yep. make sense. Yeah, yeah, cool. All right, so we'll move away from that and we'll move on to another <laughs> topic that creates a bit of discussion in the background and you may not have heard, but premiership rings. So I often get uh, spoken to by usually men. I actually have never been asked this by a woman but in the nrlw until this year it's been um four teams and a grand final so three weeks and and basically a four-week comp um plus a pre-season but you the winner uh, and unfortunately you don't have one yet but that could change is a premiership ring <laughs> and <laughs> um it's been suggested that premiership rings why do why do the women get one when they only have a four-week comp when you hear this how does it make you feel? Yeah, look, I didn't hear this um, before you spoke about it. And I I don't know. I haven't really, I guess, processed it. But it's just like, well, if you make our season longer, like you guys are full-time athletes. We're semi-professional. Um, like put more time and effort into our game. And, yeah, maybe it will become a bit more fair. But, look, I don't know. I think it's fine. Um, it's classes. NRLW so why not have a premiership ring but yeah look it's a bit I think it's a bit silly coming from the boys that they think we don't deserve a ring because we're trying as best we can to I guess become professional athletes so yeah it's an interesting one yeah and I think is there a, a realization that you deserve it you know like what would you say to those people and trust me it's not it's probably no more than one maybe and a half handfuls who have who've brought it mm. up with me so it's a certainly a minority but i think it just raises the question why do the women deserve it and explain that to them yeah well look we're not professional athletes we're like you said mums and daughters just trying to compete at the highest level so um i think that in itself and obviously juggling juggling a um rugby league career is uh deserving of a a premiership ring so um yeah look I think there's no issues with it and um yeah just bring the rings on even though I haven't won one but this year maybe maybe this year maybe <laughs> and it's maybe. important for for those people and the the critics to realize that also the the women are working all year round you might not be on the tv screen for yeah. longer than a month but there are up to four pre-seasons that you do local origin camps um, Australian Jillaroos camps, and then you move into an NRLW camp. Um, so there is so much work that happens behind a TV screen. So I just, I would add that onto your debate because uh, don't you worry when somebody brings that to me, I happily want to punch them in the face, but I don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I got you back. Don't worry. Uh, let's move to the premiership and you'll be back playing for the Sydney Roosters, uh, the Tricolours. You had an incredible year last year. You won tackle of the year and RLPA champions 
award. Mate, your tackle tech scares the living daylights out of me and I know it scares the living daylights out of a lot of other people. Oh, that's great. No, we're all friends off the field, so no, it's not serious. It's it's a great and you're the girl. You're the girl who wears the headgear. We all know you to wear your headgear and um, you've got a great story around that, which we won't go too far into, but Sam Squires and On Her Game podcast did a fantastic episode with you on that. Um, basically, in a, in a nutshell, you wouldn't, weren't allowed to play um, from your parents if you didn't wear your headgear after a couple of knocks. So it's um, definitely listen to that one outside of this podcast if you um, haven't heard it. But last but not least, to finish things off, Smokey. So... Um, for those who aren't in a sporting circle or a rugby league circle, a smokey is somebody who you wouldn't predict to be the the elite or a standout in the season. And I'll ask you on a club and a player. Oh, I yeah, that's a tough one. I think Manly or South will come out of nowhere. No, not well on the men's. Season. Oh, oh no, sorry. I like on that too, women. though. I'll sorry, use that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely use that. Uh, the women, okay. Um, yeah, right. Tricky one. I. It's hard because when you're in season, you hear all these things and how these clubs are going and they're looking really good. So, obviously, being in lockdown, it's hard to sort of gauge. But, obviously, the Broncos, I think, will be very strong again this year. Um, and also, oh. This is a tough one. Is there a player that you've played alongside who's picked up a contract in your Roosters team who you can't wait for other people to see? Um, we've actually got a fair few girls in our Central Coast Roosters team that um, I think will do really, really well this year. They're just they're hard workers, underdogs. Um, I won't name any names because there's about five of them. But, um, yeah, they're looking to be really, really good. Actually, I will. I'll put one on the spot. Taylor. Oh, thank um, you. She plays in the front row. <laughs> She plays in the front row for us uh, at the Central Coast Roosters. And um, look, she's just, I played with her for CRL Newcastle back in the day. And um, she has just grown into a fantastic player. And she is going to absolutely kill it this year. So I can't wait to see her play. She's just, yeah, going to have a ripper, ripper year. Great. Taylor, last name? Prividen. Taylor Prividen. All right. Noted. Watch this space. Front rower. Can't wait. Love that. That's great. I so appreciate you having a chat with me. Uh, you were so real. There was no fakeness about you. I wouldn't expect that from you anyway. <laughs> but thanks so much, Hannah. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad. No, no dramas at all. Team, if you enjoyed that one, like and subscribe for me. And don't forget, we're here for a real time, for a long time.